Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loon fans, to another week of Loon Talk. This time it's going to be much more positive than last week's edition of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here <laughs> once again alongside Dan Terrar. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, it's, it's it was uh, one of the toughest Loon Talks we ever had to do last week. And it wasn't that they haven't lost. I mean, we've been through some tough losses, but right. there's something about that uh that last the way that, they lost. It was just ugly. So yeah, I mean, this week it's so much better. <laughs> it could not be much more of a day and night scenario. But you know what that shows? That the team probably really didn't like talking about the Seattle match either. And they really wanted to make a difference. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. We thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) We thank the offensive output for once. It it was nice to see more than one goal go in. Uh, You are listening to Loon Talk. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. We can also be found on Scornorth's YouTube channel as well. Go give us a subscription or go give Scornorth a subscription over there. Give the video a thumbs up. Helps these videos get found as well. Dan, let's jump right into this. We'll just title this one Goals, Goals, Goals. Uh, well, goals, sure. goals. Yeah, three. Three. Yeah, goal, there was three goal, goals. goal, goal. <laughs> three goals. It was quite the night at Allianz Field. Uh, very much, as I said, it, this is going to be positive because it was a completely different performance and a completely different team, essentially, though it was the same players, than the one we saw against Austin the week before. Uh, pretty much from minute one to minute 90, bar the first 20 minutes of the second half, they really Minnesota really controlled the match against Colorado. It was a very impressive performance. You could tell they were fired up to show that the, the, the team that showed up in Austin wasn't this team, wasn't the same team that we're going to see for the rest of the season. Well, I hope not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's just weird because you, you, and I know there's a big difference between playing at home and playing on the road, but right. the weather was better in Austin. It was a pack. <laughs> you know, and I, it's, I don't really care whether the stadium's packed with your fans or other people's fans. When a stadium is packed and the fans are engaged, that's, it's an advantage to both teams, you know, yeah, as opposed to going somewhere and playing in a, you know, a half full NFL football stadium with no atmosphere. It, it's great. I mean, so, you know, what a, what a turnaround though. Um, yeah. And, and I don't even know. Well, the funny thing was I was on uh, the day after the game on Sunday, Easter Sunday, I'm looking at social media, which at some point I'm going, what the hell are, are you, you doing, doing that? Yeah. What, what the are you doing that for? Dan? And people were talking about, boy, that was a great second half. What a great second of this. And I thought to myself, I thought, what a great game. What, what game were you watching? Because the first half Minnesota played much better than the second half. Mm-hmm. They dominated uh, Colorado uh, in the first half. And the only difference was they scored two goals in the second half, only one in the first half. Yeah. But their first half was maybe the best half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was, was so good. They had Colorado completely flustered starting in the 26th yeah. minute. They got four yellow cards in nine minutes. One of yes. them was almost a red card, but VAR overturned it probably no. correctly going to, back to look at it. I, yeah, probably. Colorado yeah. was so flustered. Um, after 25 minutes of just getting completely dominated and pushed around by Minnesota, that they just started following the hell out of Minnesota yeah. all over the field, and the referee just wasn't having it and started dishing out yellow cards. I can't remember a time where an opposing team against Minnesota 
got so flustered that they just started just essentially lashing out like a kid throwing a tantrum <laughs> and getting yellow cards yeah. all over the field over a nine minute period. It was it was impressive just to see the ref just dishing out the cards and and the team just like and the other the opposing team just not having an answer for what to do against Minnesota. Yeah, and to do it against a good team, a quality yeah. team, um, that's huge. And you know, the great thing was it was when they needed it. This half, and, and you know, we can, I could talk about the first half how, how I thought they played great first half, as good a forty five minutes as I can remember. Uh, but it, it ended the first half ended on a, on a sour note when they gave yeah. up a late goal to make it one one when they'd been dominating the whole first half. They finally get a goal, and you're going, good. Well, we needed that. Yep. This team just, you know, and then they can't get into the locker room with that one-nil lead. It <laughs> yeah. felt disastrous. And then and then uh, Colorado comes out and takes over the match in the second half. And you and thought you're it was going, all over. Oh. Yeah, you're going, oh, no. This is going to be one of those really heartbreaking losses. Uh, but they, they weathered the storm, as they say. Uh, Dane St. Clair made some huge saves. Um, and, and they found a way to, to score again. Then once they scored and made it two to one, it, it was everything changed. And yeah. then they were back in control again. So, um, yeah, I mean, the three goal outburst that we've been talking about finally happened. And I tell you what, midway through that second half, I would have bet you anything that that was not going to be the night we scored three goals. No, I mean, with how, the second half had started, Colorado pushing. Well, how essentially how the first half ended with Colorado getting mm-hmm. that late goal, the fluky goal, the fluky as hell goal, and then yeah. them pushing in the the first 20 minutes of the second half, you thought, oh, man, Colorado's just going to get out of here and they're just going to romp Minnesota and they're just going to get out of here with all three yeah. points. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a multi-goal night for Colorado who doesn't have a starting strike, who doesn't have a true number nine for them. And then all of a sudden, Robin Lode scores a goal and completely turned. Well, the substitutions really turned it around. But Robin Lode scores a goal, and then that really puts the pressure on Colorado. They have to start doing things they don't like to do. And it worked in Minnesota's favor, and the substitutions really helped the other night or on Saturday night. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, I guess maybe that's what we've forgotten that substitutions are supposed to do. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, and Adrian Heath is a coach that does not use substitutes as freely as other coaches. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with that. You know, that's a coaching philosophy, but when you do make substitutions, they're supposed to change a the game. They're supposed to help your team. And I don't know if, I just think that actually right now we have the right guys coming in as substitutions. I mean, I mean especially against that Colorado team that had 38-year-old yeah. Drew Moore lining up as a center back. You have yeah. Paulo Savovacar who's pushing up from the center back spot, as mm-hmm. he likes to do. And then you had Austin Trusty who was also pushing back or pushing up every once in a while. But you had a 38-year-old guy, when the substitutions came on, going up against a 21-year-old Bangkukle Longwane, who we know has pace to burn. And... Abud and Lottie, who also has incredible pace to burn. If you can just direct that and point it in the right direction and get it going fully, you can have a really dangerous player in Abud and Lottie. And Adrian Heath pushed all the right buttons on Saturday night, got a goal out of Abud and Lottie when we were talking before the pre-match show. Are we ever going to see Abud and Lottie again after a Seattle performance? And then he comes on and scores a goal and actually looks damn impressive doing it. I mean, he was... He was yeah. pushing. He was pushing play, getting all over the Colorado defense, and you saw how quickly Robin Frazier yanked Drew Moore after he saw the speed come on. He's like, "Ah, this guy can't <laughs> keep up with these guys. We need to get yeah. him off here." Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, let, let's talk about Abu Dunladi. Um <laughs> We didn't think. I thought that after he got, you know, and he, not that he got taken out, but what did I just say about Adrian Heath? He's a guy that doesn't sub as yeah. frequently and as early as some coaches, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, you know, if, if sometimes you see teams and they go to the subs too early, but the way that Dunlady went out. It was like, oh my God, he's in the doghouse. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, it, it, literally. Um, so why do you come back with Abu Dinladi and not Adriana New? Well, okay. So the, I guess the inside story on that was that they had already told Adriana New he was going to start for MNUFC two the next night. So okay. They weren't going to give him any minutes because they didn't want him <sighs> worn out, which is weird. Worn but I out. Guess- to go against two? Yeah, whatever. It worked. Come on. It worked. They wanted to get him game fit, I guess, by putting him in MNUFC 2. But I guess that that's the story is that he they had already basically penciled him, penciled him in to start at home for MNUFC 2 the next morning, essentially. Um, so he wasn't – they weren't going to bring him on. Okay. And Lottie was also going to start. They didn't think they were going to play him, but then yeah. he comes in and yeah. scores See, I, goals, so. I just – you know eh, – I don't have anything against Abu Dinladi, but you know, I just from what we've seen, there's. I mean, we've seen we've seen quite a bit in his career with Minnesota that it'd be understandable if you don't want to play him again. And and he's and he's done. You know, he had really he had one good year. That was his rookie year. What do you have? Eight mm-hmm. goals, I think, his first year. Yep, eight goals and twenty four appearances. And, and other than that, he's really done nothing. Although his and, eight goals in the first, I believe, fourteen matches, and then. And then what None happened after that? And then there was like yeah. three more of the rest of his Minnesota. So, career. so yeah. So, you know, bringing him back, I think was in, in my mind, that was, let's do this kid a favor. Let's give him one more shot, which yeah. means the coaching staff liked him. The team must like him because you wouldn't bring him back if he was a pain in the, you know what? Right. So I just don't get why you've got a uh, DP sitting on the bench and you throw him back in there. I just don't get that. I, I, I was, I was really surprised. Uh, that it was not Adrian Anu. And, and I don't care if he's playing against, you know, MN, he's <laughs> forward Madison. I don't give a crap or whoever he's playing for, whatever. He's playing against Colorado Rapids, too. Is he not game fit? Seriously? I, I don't know. I mean, he, to come he's in played, for, what, like 23 minutes this season? Right, right. But, I mean, if you want to get him game fit, then let him come in Put in the in last the 15 minutes and let him play, you know, with, you know, with two and I don't know. Anyway, that's fine, but... So the other question I have is um, we've seen numerous occasions now where Hlong Wane has come in and been instrumental. And, and here's the thing. You, you have a guy on the bench that's so hungry to play. He's young. He's fast. He's very talented. And that when you do put him in, he's like, I'll show you who should be starting. You know, yeah. And you get the same thing out of Rosales. You know, he's doing the same thing when he gets in there. How long do you wait before you get them in the lineup, before you start them? And to see if they can do it for, you know, 70 minutes. You know, can they do it for 75 minutes? So I think, you know, if I'm the coaching staff, the reason I'm probably thinking that Longwane is not going to get the start and Rosales isn't going to get the start right now is because, well, for Rosales, he was part of the Austin lineup. That didn't work. So they didn't want to go with the four three three again. So they went back to the four two three one. So you need attackers up there. Uh, Rosales is more of a midfielder slash defensive midfielder guy, mm-hmm. and you already got Will Trap and 
Kervin Arriaga and Asani Dotson when he's not filling in at right back to do that. So there's not really a whole lot of roles for him to start unless he's going to be absolutely impressive. So he's going to mainly be a bench guy because he's so young. You can have him come off the bench for a while. Yeah. And he started against Seattle and it didn't, I mean, it's against Seattle. So really you're kind of judging that against basically the the class of the entire league. So that's kind of a tough one for him to do anything against. But, right. yeah, I guess just for a long one, he's played 201 minutes of MLS action. I don't know how much you want to trust that guy right away when you have guys who have played in this league for a while and you're trying mm-hmm. to bounce back from a pretty bad game. So I, I'm i all for giving long one more minutes because as he's shown in his 201 minutes, he's damn impressive. He's so impressive on the ball. He pushes the play. He gets upfield. He causes a lot of uh, defenses – he caused a lot of he causes a lot of defensive issues for opposing mm-hmm. defenses. Absolutely, they struggle to keep up with his pace. He he just it seems like he just knows what to do with the ball. He just gets at the feet, at the defenders and causes problems. And he he creates chances for his his teammates by his pace and his speed and his just raw ability. So I'm all for giving him more minutes, but it, it comes and, at a cost of who you're going to take off and who you're going to replace him with. And and as the season. Yeah, it's probably going to work out fine because as the season goes on and we start getting into situations where there are injuries and where we get uh, everything okay there. Yeah, my cat's just chewing at cords. Okay, that's healthy. That's you might need another cat soon. Then um, <laughs> cats they have nine lives. It'll be fine. I heard something going um, on. I'm like, what the heck's going on? My cat's just like sitting there chewing at the printing cord. With um with injuries. And then with uh, when we get to a point where we're playing more than once a week and you start having to, you know, pick, you know, these guys are going to get more and more time as the season goes on and as they continue to play well. And, and you know, I guess you're probably right. As young as they are, let's just let them work them way, work themselves into that position rather than force the issue right away and, 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 and shove them into starting roles. So I think the biggest difference for Minnesota was probably the two players that were underperforming the most. Well, let's take the number nine out of there because we've, that, <laughs> that position's been underperforming for f- five years. So, um, but other than position for this, yes, franchise. other than that position, uh, it was, uh, to me, it was Emmanuel Reynoso and Robin Lude yeah. who were the most noticeably better players and two players that this team leaned on. It's, I mean, think about it. It's no wonder this team has been struggling to score up until uh, Saturday night um, because they're two players that were the most dependable offensive players for the last season or two have been Lode and, and Reynoso. Yeah, I mean, and they were both just kind of – Reynoso was trying, but he was off, and, and Robin was just non-existent yeah. for most of the season. And those two were two of the most noticeable players on the pitch. I would put Fragapani in there, but he hasn't been playing this whole time. Right. Um, and Reynoso, he basically the offense, essentially how they, how that offense attacks revolves mm-hmm. around him. And when that, and yeah. when that's the case and he's not performing, the offense is going to struggle. He yeah. played a much better game, earned him a bench spot on the play, on the team of the week. A man, yeah, or Robin Lode earned a starting spot on the, the team of the week. Man Reynoso was a part of all three goals, gets the gets the primary assist on one of them, and MLS's favorite secondary assist on the other two. So Man Reynoso absolutely fired this offense up on, yeah. on Saturday and it worked to a charm. And that's yep. the Man Reynoso we need to see game in and game out. I know that's asking a lot of him, but 
That's what you brought him in here for. That's what you paid the big money for him. That's what you're paying him the huge contract for, to be that guy, to be the guy that this offense relies upon. And when he plays like that, this team is going to be incredibly dangerous because of how the defense has been playing this year and how Dane St. Clair has been playing this year. If you can mm-hmm. get that Emmanuel Reynoso game in and game out, it doesn't matter if you're struggling at number nine. You're going to get goals because Emmanuel Reynoso is going to create chances for the rest of the attackers. Yeah. So, I mean, and now as we know what we know about, you know, the way Adrian handles things, um, because they had one of their best offensive performances in, in a couple of years, it feels like, um, you can be rest assured that barring injury, the, uh, the lineup probably won't change for Chicago, uh, next weekend. Um, but, uh, we could see, I guess, if Metonair is healthy, he could come back in and take his spot. Uh, but then you have this problem of putting Hassani Dotson on the bench. And I know they don't like Hassani on the bench. They like right. Hassani uh, in the starting 11. So mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I don't know that there would be any changes unless there are some injuries we haven't heard about yet. So Yeah, I don't think there's going to be many changes unless someone, no. for some reason, gets injured on Wednesday against Ford Madison, but I don't imagine there's going to be a whole lot of starters playing in that game. I mean, there may be one or two, but uh, there might not. Yeah. There might be one or it might be just deep, might be a couple of guys on defense. That might yeah. be about it. You yeah. Know? I mean, I could see basically a completely reworked lineup against Ford Madison. I mean, you could, you could start a whole bunch of different guys, like an entire squad's worth of different guys against Ford Madison and keep your yeah. starters completely fresh for a game again on Saturday. Where yeah, you're you probably need your top class attack because they're going up against yeah, the league's best defense. You probably could uh, end up seeing Hassani Dotson getting to play that midfield uh, alongside Jacory Hayes or someone, uh, and then they, yeah. So uh, and then you don't feel you have to start maybe uh, Hassani on Saturday, bring him off right. the bench. So anyway, um, yeah, it was fun to watch, fun to see that team. Uh, uh, finally get off of the, uh, you know, the, well, what, what did we have? How many goals we have going into that match? We had a total of four, five and six, five, games. Yeah. five and six games. So we scored three and one and it took us, you know, yeah. it took us five games to score. So obviously you hope that that, you know, yeah. triggers something. And, and as you mentioned, you know, Chicago is not going to be a type of team you expect to score a lot of goals on because they've been uh, really good at locking it down lately. But they aren't scoring many of their own. So no. um, we'll get to all that in a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've spent all this time talking about how well the team played, and we even talk about the player of the player of the match in Dane St. Clair. Seven massive saves, one freak goal. That I mean, that's that's the first mistake that's led to a goal from him all season long. I think he's let in. I think that's his, what, third or fourth goal all season long that he's let in. But the other mm-hmm. three, he had no chance of stopping. This one was the first time that you could say, yeah, he probably should have done better on the whole play to get at the goal, to stop the goal. But other than that, he had himself a hell of a night. Somehow doesn't get on the team of the week because Ivicic from Portland makes one big save and then three other saves to get a four-save <laughs> shutout against yeah. Houston, which congratulations, I they- guess, you shut out Houston. Um. <laughs> I think I know how you feel about that one. No, they they put they uh, sometimes, and it's it's yeah, normal. Yeah, he let in the goal, but it was seven completely. It it was seven right. game changing saves because the majority of those saves came in that twenty minute period where where Colorado were controlling the match. And if Dane St. Clair doesn't save any of those balls or doesn't save one of those, the game completely changes, and it's 
going Colorado's way. He came up yeah, huge. Real this fast. team absolutely needed him. Stonewalled the Colorado attack that had felt that had gotten some momentum in their favor, and he completely changed that game in favor of Minnesota because as soon as he made the series of saves that he did in the second half, you could feel the rest of this play. You could feel the rest of Allianz Field get behind him. The rest of the team got behind it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're not allowing a goal, another goal tonight. Time for our attack to step up because we have yeah. this freedom now that we know that this defense is just rock solid, and Dane St. Clair is not letting anything in. We can go out and take some chances, take some risks, and and you know try for a goal. And they did, and it worked out in their favor. Yeah, do they? And maybe there are times when they put too much emphasis on a clean sheet because a guy can uh, sometimes get a clean sheet and really not have to do much. Yeah, <laughs> and it's still a clean. It's still a shutout. It's still a clean sheet, right? But man, sometimes a guy does what Dane did and made some uh, really big saves, and uh, because one got by him, I'm still not. I, I still look at that. I've watched that goal a couple of times, and I feel like that's a split responsibility. Yeah, yeah. it was it's a communication problem, um, and I, I have I can't put that on either person completely. Yeah. Um, they just didn't communicate properly, and when that happens, then things can go wrong, and 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 they did, and um, so. But yeah, it was it was uh, when that goal went in, it was the worst feeling. Uh, it, that feeling was as bad as the uh, the good feeling was when they scored the third goal, and uh, watched the stunned look on people's faces. Yeah. So you could feel the energy get sucked out of the building as we went into halftime with nah, that with the one yeah. one draw and that goal yep. going on. It's like. Ooh, this is not good. We've, like, we've our seen halftime the- <laughs> show was completely different than the post match show because we, just the tenor of it. No, the feeling I got was I've seen this movie yep. and I should just walk out of the theater now because I don't like the way it ends. We were talking it on the talking about yeah. it on the broadcast right after they scored the first goal. Like yeah. you can't allow this thing to happen. That's happened yeah, pretty much I, all of last season. And then what happens five minutes later? Yep. They let in the goal and like just this happens every game. It seems like yeah. And and so you know I don't know if you know recovering from that and winning three to one yeah. uh, gets that monkey off their back or not. I guess we'll yeah. find out in the future. But uh, for one cold night, it was a lot of fun at Allianz Field. <laughs> Absolutely. So instead of the one big question, I'm going to go with a talk yes. me into here. Talk and me into it. Okay. What do I have to talk you into? Talk me into this attack staying as hot as it is, as hot for the rest of the season as it was on Saturday night. Um, Maybe not three goals a game, but at least they're threatening more than they have in the past six games. Well, I'll tell you why you can count on that is because uh, as long as they're healthy, they are a good group. I, I don't, I can't talk you into why uh, Luis Amaria should stay out on top because <laughs> no, that could be Adrian Anu. Uh, maybe Abu Dunlady will get hot, but the three around him, you're, you're talking about Fragapane, Reynoso, and Robin Lude, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Because they have all been here long enough to prove that when they're healthy, that they are very capable of scoring goals. Why last season it took so long? Why last season it never really took off? I don't know. Why it took this long this year? I don't know. I, you know, the skill level is there. I think we all agree on that. Uh, the work ethic seems to be there. So really, I think now, from what we know right now, you can be confident in that, that they're going to be good because they're all healthy. All three of those guys are healthy. Right now, they're all pretty confident. They're feeling pretty good. 
I mean, you know, we know Emmanuel Reynoso. When he gets things going and he's happy with himself, yeah. look out. He, then that's when this – yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was never too concerned about Robin. I was concerned, you know, and confused by, by Robin Lud not, not being much of a contributor. Um, but then I saw what he can do and, and, and what he did most of the last two years. And, you know, I still believe in that group. You should believe in that group. And uh, you may not get three goals against Chicago because they're very good defensively, but I, I think there's two coming. So Yeah. All right. So next up for Minnesota, well, next up anyways in terms of games, is a Wednesday match against Forward Madison at Forward Madison. So they're taking the trip across the border to Wisconsin. For the third round of the U.S. Open Cup, that should be a fun one. Uh, Ford Madison has opened up their USL League One season with three straight draws in league action. They got the win against Cleveland in the second round of U.S. Open Cup action to move on to this round. So that one will be exciting. That one's on ESPN Plus on Wednesday night. I think 6 p.m. kickoff, if I'm I'm not mistaken. But then next up for league action... Against Chicago Fire this Saturday on ESPN, uh, pre-match, 3.30 p.m. kickoff, 4 p.m. at Allianz Field. Also on Score North on AM1500, live.scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Uh, Dan, you get a vacation this weekend. You're taking a vacation as Callum Williams is hopping off the TV side and coming over to the radio side. Yeah, some vacation. I got to clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you want to sell your place. I know, I know. I got, I got a lot of work to do. So, um, you want to do an so, advertisement for your place right now? No, sure, no, I don't think that'll be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> with housing market, is no. I think I think we'll be okay there with a number of bodies to look at it. Um, so, you're you are more you are more enamored with Chicago than I am. Or I'm is just it just by their defense? Like I don't understand. Or is it just their how, young goaltender? I don't know. I think for me, it's just how they turned it, how Ezra Hendrickson cl- turned it around so quickly. There. Right. Like obviously, right. getting rid of Francisco Calvo helps. I mean, right. that's we've seen it Ouch. help here. We've Ouch. seen it help in Chicago hey, now. By the way, by the way, he's he's the MLS leader in interceptions, I believe. How? <laughs> I don't know. And and Jan Grey Goose, I believe, is the leader in assists, isn't he? Maybe. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how much that we'll get to San Jose in a minute. They have their storyline once again. Okay. Surprise, All right. Surprise. So anyway, we'll anyway, um, but Chicago, they have the best defense in the league. Only two goals allowed through the first seven games. Right. But, but they still have, they still are sitting in a similar position as Minnesota in the because East. They have the worst the attack in the, because they have the worst right. attack in the league. Only five so, goals scored. What I'm saying is we are really not that dissimilar than Chicago. We are no. very similar to Chicago, except they don't have Emmanuel Reynoso. Right. They don't have uh, Fragapani. They don't have Lud. Um, they do I, have Jared and Shakiri. Whether he plays or not, I don't know because he hasn't played since April second. So we'll see whether right. one of their star signings from the offseason plays. But I mean, they've got guys in the attack who should be able to put in goals. Casper Spilko came over from Philadelphia this offseason. He put in plenty of goals for Philadelphia over the last couple of years. He should be able to score goals for Chicago. It's just. They haven't been able to get him the service that he he needs. I mean, he scored two. Jordan uh, Shakiri still has no assists. He scored once, but he's got. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how that attack goes. But that defense has been rock solid with former Lou and Wyatt Omsberg right in the middle there uh, with with their young goalkeeper Gabriel Solanino, who's tied with um, 
Orlando's Pedro Galese for most clean sheets in the league on five and seven games, which I think that's the part that has me the most enamored. If you, if we want yeah. to use your your word, there's okay. No, and that is pretty interesting. Five yeah. clean sheets to start the season. Going back to last season, he's still pretty impressive. I mean, he's yeah. got all the eyes of Europe looking at him, like, holy hell, who's this? Well, who's this seventeen-year-old yeah. starting? Because you don't because in soccer you don't start your your young goalkeepers like this. You don't start teenage goalkeepers. That just doesn't happen. They don't really start until they're young, until they're mid to late twenties. And you're seeing yeah, this seventeen-year-old leading the league in, a, in right. clean sheets. Right. So, and that is that is pretty interesting and, and fun to watch. But I just, I just, the more I looked at Chicago, the more I thought, well, they're they're who we are. Yeah. Except we just came off. We're coming off a, a great offensive performance, uh, especially in the first half. And that makes me feel really good about our chances against Chicago. And by the way, that'd be like if Fred Emmings was, uh, had, uh, if Fred right. had five shutouts for us this year, you'd go, wow. Impressive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, no, it's be, very impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's any position when a kid comes in and plays that way when he's 17, 16, wasn't Pepe 16 when he started? Uh, I think he was like 17, 18, 16, 16 or 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's very impressive and it doesn't happen very often. Um, so, but yeah, I think still that in high school and leads leads major league soccer and yeah. sheets. Yeah. Hey coach, can I have practice off? I want to go to the homecoming dance at high school. <laughs> I've got prom this weekend. Sorry. I've I can't prom. play. Can I have a, I'm going to need a day off for prom if you don't mind. All right. So anyway, yeah, Chicago, I think is very similar to us in some ways, but I really, I like our offense better. I think at, at the end of the yeah. year, I think we're going to be in a better position than Chicago will be because I think we have more skill up front. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't, I, it's hard to contend against or argue against that. I mean, you have, and our attack has been together longer than theirs. I mean, I just mentioned Casper Shapilko and Jared and Shakiri. They came over this offseason. They've had, what, all of six, five games they've played together so far in the right. league. So, right. Yeah. Minnesota's attack has played together longer. They know each other better. I think they can have, they can find, one or two chances against the league's best defense that's shown no signs of letting up anytime soon with only two goals allowed in seven matches. That's, I don't care who it is, whether it's a fluke or not, after seven matches, it becomes pretty impressive. And it's yeah. more impressive because Chicago the past couple of years have been god-awful. They've been a joke for the past couple of years. And <laughs> they change the coach, get rid of some right. players, and all of a sudden they're really good. Yeah, and, 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 anyways. You, yeah and you mentioned it's, it's not like you, you look at um, – you look at their defense and go, oh, look who they've got back there. Right. You kind of you, you look at their defense in front of that, you know, that really good young goalkeeper. You look at the defense in front of them, you go, okay, and now I'm confused because <laughs> it's just, you know, I, you know, it's just players that you we've seen and didn't really think they were more than maybe just your average player or, or maybe even less than that, and. So they're doing it in a surprising way. Both the goaltender and the uh, the defensive players in front of him. Uh, there's just it's surprising. So yeah, should be a fun one on Saturday. Be sure to join us on Score North on AM fifteen hundred, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. Callum Williams, special guest, and myself bringing you that broadcast as Dan cleans his house this weekend to get it ready to <laughs> sell. Want some house cleaning. Check out, if you want to check out Dan's Windows. house, be one of the many Windows. people who are looking for a house right now. <laughs> to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. 
And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Uh, Dan, <laughs> let's take a look across the league. And as I mentioned, San Jose, they're the story of the league right now for many reasons. But Dan, it finally <laughs> happened. They finally parted ways with Matias Almeida. Everybody got their wish finally. They all kind of just put their egos aside and got it done. Um, when you say everybody, you mean the fans, the management, the owner, the training staff, the players, and the coach himself. Yeah, yes, everybody. Everybody, everybody literally Everybody's wanted out happy. of it. How yeah. often can you fire someone and everybody And he says, happy. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I mean, when does this ever happen in the history of sports where everybody's happy? We've all seen the hard not hard knocks when they have when it's cut down day and they have to cut the players and the coach is like sorry man we have to get rid of you and the players like ah oh. this time the owner's like yeah man we're getting rid of you and everybody's like yes finally Matias Almeida says thank you <laughs> woo see ya <laughs> so they made it official today Matias Almeida is no and his coaching staff are no longer in charge of San Jose uh, the manager of San Jose two takes over Alex Covello. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I See, and even he's happy. He takes over. Yeah, he takes over. Everybody. He had happy. been in charge, as I said, of San Jose too. <laughs> Along comes with him for his coaching staff, MLS legends Steve Ralston and Chris Wondolowski join the first team staff. They'll take over immediately on an interim basis. So things are changing oh. in San Jose. Finally, is, after is, Wand- is Wondolowski the future coach? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's got future head coach aspirations. I'd be interested to see him as a head coach. If you're coaching. But I think he's more interested in, from what I've heard, I think he's more interested in the development process, getting getting young kids ready to become okay. professionals. So sure, sure. Yeah, I don't no, know that, that he's got good. first team head coach right. in his future, but if there's any guy who could do it in this league, it'd be him because he played in the league for so long and he's the goal scoring king in this league. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Just curious if that had come up yet. So, um, other news from across the league this weekend, New England Revolution ended their four-game losing streak with a 2-1 win over Charlotte. Inter-Miami, this one interest, or surprised everybody. They started their win streak with their second win in a row this week over Seattle in Seattle, a 1-0 win. I, Granted, it was a much-changed Seattle lineup from their midweek yeah. game or their midweek game in the CONCACAF Champions League, but still, you go to Seattle and get the still, win. Still shocking. Yeah, I mean, they didn't one, play Gonzalo Higuain. That was the that was the yeah. that was the reason why they went. I don't know. No surprise. That was the most surprising score of the weekend for me. I don't know NYCFC touching up RSL for a six nil route. Well, like, yes, that would have been. Castellanos more... scores four of them, becomes the first ever NYCFC player to score four goals in one match. But it was a four or a six nil route of Rail Salt Lake, who had for the most part done pretty well results wise. 
Now, whether their play was good or not, I, and that's up for debate. I, yeah, but I didn't see it. Their but, results yeah. have been pretty decent this year. They've been up near the top of the Western Conference, and they go to New York City FC. We're coming off getting bounced from Champions League, and <laughs> they weren't happy about no. 6-0. That's, when you see those kind of score lines, your eyes just go really big. Yeah, and, and you, then you go, well, okay, something happened. We It just, yeah, I... I I, I think you have to, you almost have to write that off more than if if you lose three yeah. nil. If you lose three nil, it almost you feel like okay, we here's what we did wrong. When it's six nil, you just forget about it, right? Just pretend it didn't happen. You burn that tape and clear that memory. Yeah, because there can't be anything good on yeah. it. So uh, Toronto knocked off Philadelphia this weekend, meaning we've got no undefeated teams left in the league. So goodbye, Invincibles. And then Sporting Kansas City lost their sixth game of the season already. When they got beat 3-1 by LAFC this weekend. Not the start that Peter Vermees or anybody in Kansas City expected. No. Uh, are we... I know it's... Well, it's eight games in for them because they played over the international break. At one point, do we start looking at Sporting Kansas City saying, they're not going to be good this year. I, I'm not it's, ready to it's do that games, yet. But that's also, I believe, a fourth of the season already then. Yeah, well, but it is... It is too early to say that. Um, I mean, I think they're one of the biggest surprises in the West for sure, yeah. uh, where they're sitting at. But I mean, if you're okay, if you believe, okay, well, after this start, they're not going to be any good, then you must believe that Austin's going to finish in the top couple spots no, in the no, West. No. Okay, so it's the same good, thing. But they're going to yeah. struggle more so than they have ever, have they, or more than they've had in the past, what, I, decades since Peter Vermees took over. Yeah, it would to me. It would be surprising if if they don't turn it around enough. Where they're, I mean, I, I think they're at least still going to be a playoff team. Really? After and if six losses to start the season, only two wins. Well, we were zero four last year. Yeah, we made the playoffs. Games. Yeah, she's so saying the, two more two more games is four more games because this is eight games now for them this season. Right, they've got but a goal differential of negative eight. They've only scored six goals, so they're right there with us, essentially. They've right. let in 14. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, like I said, I'm not ready to write them off yet. I just don't think that they are uh, they are as bad as they have been playing. Right. Um, now, granted, five of those losses, five of those games have been on the road, so it's been a tough, tough balance to start the season. But still, five, six losses to start the season is not the way a team that's – that's as well thought of as Sporting Kansas City have been under Peter Vermees should be starting a season. No matter what right, no, is, no matter if it, you're missing your number nine or not. Right. Well, you know, we've made the playoffs a few times without having another <laughs> missing our number nine. Yeah, true. And, and by missing, I mean, we didn't have one. Yeah. They, by missing, mean they just don't have them available for selection. Um, yeah. So different forms of the word missing. But um, no, I, I still don't think that this, you know – there's just too much talent there and, and they're too good of a franchise to too be done this too. early. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's too early to be done for anybody at this point, except Austin. They're done. Well, except for San Jose. They're done. <laughs> it's Cincinnati. Sure? They're done. You, hey, you know what? All these, uh, all these Minnesota fans, all these Heath outers. If you, if you go by their logic, San Jose will probably not lose the rest of the year because, you know, they dumping your coach during, Dumping your coach during a season is the way to way to successful winning. So you know, according according to those those 
fools. It it would they're this is just the beginning for San Jose. Look out. So well, we know how you feel about the Heath out crowd. Well, <laughs> tell me, you know what? Instead of telling me you don't want this coach, tell me who you're going to replace him with and how that's going to be better. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know. This this you know sometimes you hey I get it coaches get it sometimes coaches get fired but it's the easiest position to replace right because it's easier than getting rid of a whole bunch of players but you know before you get rid of a coach you got to have somebody better to replace him or in San Jose's case it just had to happen and they don't have a replacement they're going to go with an interim coach and that to me means your season is over you know oh yeah yeah um, but season is well and truly over. It was over when they signed Calvo, but but to <laughs> but to replace <laughs> but to replace a coach and then expect the team to be a playoff team and go win the championship, it just doesn't happen that way, right. you know. Unless you've got this coach, this secret ho- coach stashed away in a hotel room in Miami somewhere, and you're just gonna give him a phone call and bring him on in, and he's gonna coach you to the championship. You better hang on to the coach you have, especially since he's been successful and has built the team, you know, over the last five, six years now. So, um, yeah, because also if you get rid of Heath, you kind of get rid of the entire football operation because of the way this thing's been built up underneath (laughs) him, essentially, with him, with Watto moving up from the coaching staff to the front office role, the power dynamics there. We all know kind of how it works. It's never been officially made, but essentially, Hadrian Heath essentially leads it with Mark Watson being the right. GM. Yes. But yeah. You get rid of Heath. You kind of get rid of the entire football operations. So you got to start from scratch. Yeah. In the middle yep. of the season, who you got? not going to happen. Yep. Who you got? Yep. Tell me All who right. you got. That's going to come in here and it's going to take this team and turn them around instantly. Right. All right. So next up in the show, as we wind down here on this week's edition of loon talk, we've that's got good, the predictor. It's almost my bedtime. Yeah. It's a little past your bedtime now. I it? love the predictor. All right. Explain it to us then. Uh, we each pick three games in the MLS or involving an MLS team. Uh, we predict the winner. We predict the score. You get a point for the uh, correct winner You get a, or a tie, and you get a point if you get the score correctly. So we each could get a total of six points on any given week. That has not happened yet. I think I had like four points in week one, and that's been it. So You had four points in week one, and you yeah. had three points since. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it, I thought it, well, I thought after week one, boy, this is easy. Yeah. How no, easy predict- can this get? We may like the predictor. The predictor doesn't like us because there's <laughs> there's a whole lot of red here on the ledger. It, it, it gets tough. It it's tough this time of year because it is early. Yeah. And the teams that are really bad are still going to win once in a while, and the teams that are really good, like Seattle, still are going to drop a game once in a while. That's just the way it's going to be. So um, you or me. That's me, but I can't find it. So go ahead. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. All right. I so found it. I'll, I'll run us down from the scores from last week. Dan, we each got a point. Once again, we're just Woo-hoo! we're just hanging on for a point a week, yep. essentially, at this point. Yep. Uh, the points we got, you said LAFC would win 1-0 against Sporting Kansas City. Well, it was a 3-1 win. So you get a point there for getting the correct result. And then I said Minnesota would get a 1-0 win against Colorado. It was a 3-1 win for Minnesota, so I get a point there for the result. The other matches, well, I'm not going to go over them because we've got them wrong. I got Montreal, Vancouver yeah, wrong. nobody cares. Got nobody City cares FC, wrong. Seattle wrong in Champions League, and then you got Seattle, Miami, and Minnesota, Colorado wrong. So this week, I started this week, or last week, so you start this week, Dan. All right, uh, I'm going st- to st- ride this LAFC bus a little further. All right. <laughs> LAFC 3 
Cincinnati zero. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> I know. I'm going to take it too. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I have that game as well, Dan. Of course you do, because it's an easy one. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I don't have a 3 0. I'm going. I had before we even did this, I wrote it down as 5 0. LA five? It's Cincinnati, Dan. Come on. Wow. Come on. It's Cincinnati. Wow. Do you blame me? All right. All right. <laughs> 5 0. LAFC we probably win. we probably just put the curse of death on LAFC. They're probably it's now going to be six 0 FC Cincinnati. <laughs> no, they probably lose now. We both picked them to win big. So, all right, my second one. Colorado will not be ha- well. We know Colorado's not happy after what happened at Allianz Field on Saturday. Right. Um, they were angry from early on, and they were angry when they left. Charlotte will pay the price for that. Uh, I'm going to go Colorado four, Charlotte one. Whoa. Colorado yep. finding some goals all of a sudden. Oh, they're going to be pissed off. All right. Yep. So we do, are we doing both Minnesota games this week or are we just, no, doing I'm just doing, MLS I'm just games? doing the Minnesota Chicago one. Okay. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, if you want to take the, uh, the <laughs> no, no, gimme no, gonna, and no. pick them over forward Madison, go ahead. Man, it's not always a gimme. It's a cup <laughs> competition. There's always upsets. It's always cup sets, as we call then, it. Then, then why don't you just pick uh, forward no, no, Madison? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> picking that game. Oh, I don't know who's going to play. All of a sudden, now you're pretty sure. Okay, all right. I don't know who's going to play, so I'm not, I'm not touching that game. <laughs> all right. I am going Inter-Miami against Atlanta, though, with a 3-0 Atlanta road win. 3-0 Atlanta, okay. I'm going goals this week. Yeah. Until yeah, so am I. I don't know why. Games. That wasn't my original plan, but with those first two, I came out that way. Okay, so, uh, and then my pick... Um, to make up for the fact that I didn't pick Minnesota to beat Colorado, <laughs> uh, I'm going to make up for that this week. Now I feel very confident. No, in their no, no, offense. no, no, you can't, you can't pick them. You have to pick against them because that's what worked last week. They're no, I can't do that. Again. No, no. Chicago is not going to score. Okay. Uh, so I'm going Minnesota two, Chicago zero. Minnesota two, no win. You think they're going to score two goals? They're going to double. The goals yeah. against number against Chicago in one game. The uh, the young kid in goal for Chicago is not going to have – he's going to struggle with the Wonder Wall. Okay. Well, yep. I'm saying the similar thing about Chicago that they're not going to score, but I'm also saying Minnesota's not going to score. I'm You're going to draw? I'm going to nil-nil draw because – Boring. It's, Boring. It's one game, man. It's one game of that attack. Show me. Show me that <laughs> it's there for See, more. So now you're back to where I was last yeah. week. Show yeah, me that, okay. that this is not just you know, a one-game fluke. No, I that, be, you might be right. Proven. You might be I right. I liked what I saw. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. thought it was a very impressive attacking performance. They did a really good job of patiently controlling the ball and working the ball well across the field and playing really good passes against Colorado. But I want to see it for more than one game and especially okay. see it against the league's best defense through the first seven games. Show me. Until then, okay. it's going to be a nil-nil draw against Chicago, unfortunately. Okay, fine. All right, fine. fine. All right, write that down. Our weekly uh, prediction, other prediction-related segment. I have to say other now because we have two of them. Uh, it's where we make three soccer-related predictions. At least one of them has to be Minnesota United-related. We will keep track of the predictions throughout the year. We'll call the correct ones goals, and whoever has the most goals at the end of the season gets the golden boot, which is the Adrian Heath gnome doll up there on my shelf. Um, That's it? It doesn't look like a boot, and it's not golden. Well, it's the Adrian Heath Gnome Doll Award. We, we can call that. A trophy. It's easier we to call it the Golden it. Boot, though. Uh, so we do accountability sessions before we get to our predictions. And Dan, we have a couple things coming off the board this week. 
Two in the good for you, one in the bad for me. We'll start with the bad. I said Minnesota. This was a while back. I said Minnesota will get at least seven points from their next four games, and those four games included San Jose, Seattle, Austin, and Colorado. Well, they got six points. So that one came up negatory for me. That was the only thing that came off the board for me. So I'm stuck at four goals on the season. Dan, you had two things come off the board. You said mm-hmm. Austin FC will not score 10 goals in their next five matches. This mm-hmm. is after they opened the season with two five-goal performances. Yes, 10 well, goals scored, in two. They scored zero against Portland, one against Seattle, two against San Jose, one against Minnesota, and three against D.C. So that lines up for a grand total of, I believe, seven goals, if I'm doing my math yes. on the run correctly. So they were short of that. So you get the point there. And then you also said neither LAFC or RSL will be the first team to get to five wins. I forgot to bring this off the board last week as Philadelphia got their fifth win last week. So you were correct there. LAFC did get their fifth win this week. RSL have been stuck on three wins since you made that prediction. Stuck on three, yeah. Real Salt Lake are not happy with you so far this year. Their fans aren't happy with you. So that means you are up to five goals on the season. So you have taken the uh, early lead here. I'm looking to take that back from you over the next couple weeks. Five goals to four goals. So, Dan, I will let you start in the predictions. This week. I'm first. You are first. Oh, I've got four. You've got four? I've got four. four. I have to eliminate one. Okay. And then you always say something that makes me want to add one. So I'm going to have five before I'm done. So I'll start with the Minnesota. Well, I've got two Minnesota ones. Um, okay. In the uh, Western Conference, Dallas will be out of the top four in the West after this weekend. Write that down. They'll be out of the top four. Yes. After this weekend's play, they will be out of the top four. Write that down. It's very tight in the Western Conference at the top. I mean, it's... No, they're, they're going to lose, and the teams below them are going to win. They're out. Now, I was going to say they won't get back in, but they could get back in at some point for a brief moment. But, but they will be points. out after this weekend. Three points already this season separate. Second place from eighth place. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in. Uh, Dan, so far this season through the first, what are we, eight, seven games, depending on who, you're, who you are. Seven. It's week seven. We've played week seven weeks, so yeah. The final four teams from last year, I believe, I'm trying to think of who was in the East. I think it was, I can't remember. I think New England made it all the way to the conference final. Maybe, no, yes. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Philadelphia versus uh, New York City. So, so far, only two of the teams from the Final Four last year in the playoffs are currently in playoff standings. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia and Real Salt Lake. The other two, New York City FC and Portland, are out of the playoffs right now. Dan, write this down. The only team from the Final Four from last year that will not make the playoffs this season will be Real Salt Lake. I do not believe in them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I could tell earlier you were shocked when I said I still I still believe in them. I'm not a fan of Portland or Real Salt Lake. I'm not a fan of Portland either, but I think they'll they'll muster up enough to get into the playoffs. Although I'm kind of shaky on that, but Real Salt Lake will be the only team of the Final Four not to make the playoffs. All right, all right. So I got to do this one. This was with one that I added later. Okay. Only just because I want to see how you I want to see if you react to it. <clears throat> I'm baiting you, we'll Chicharito, oh, Chicharito. Boy. Come on, we'll, don't do it. We'll end the season leading the West in goals. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know why I would fight that. Maybe you'd say on, he wouldn't just to see if you get a cheap point out of me. I got to see. Hold on. I may go worse. I may say who's going to do it. Give me a second. I got to figure out who's who else is up there <laughs> in, in goals in, in this league right now. 
I got to see where Carlos Vela is because he's having a heck of a season so far. Ah, stupid computer's not working. Talk, talk amongst yourselves, Dan. What are you doing? Oh, I'm you're changing your picks? Chart. No, I'm pulling up the goal, goal charts right now, seeing where oh, Carlos okay. Vela is. I'll edit this out in the podcast or in the <clears> editing. No, this is really entertaining. I can tell. I, I'm entertained <laughs> by it as well. Carlos Vela has four goals. All right. Yeah, he's, uh, he's just Javier Hernandez Chicharito has five goals. So he's just one, he's just one behind him. <coughs> Dan, you baited yeah. me. You successfully did it. Yes. Write this down. As much as I don't want to say Carlos Vela will do it because I like yeah, Chicharito ish. myself. Yeah, Carlos you. Vela will have more goals than Chicharito by the end of the season. Okay. We'll Write see. Also, you're not even saying he's going to lead the West. He'll just have more than Chicharito. Yeah. So. I'm not narrowing okay. it down to that. No, you, that was actually a really good. That was actually a really good. That was actually a really good defensive move. Very, very well worded. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. Uh, what do I have? One more. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm going to go for it. I keep changing. Yeah. Home run. Abu, Abu Denladi will not score again in the next five matches. Wow, the Abu Denladi hate is strong among. No, no, fans. no, no, no. It's not hate. It's just a lack of belief. <laughs> and and partially. Because if I'm wrong, then I'll be really happy to be wrong. <laughs> First of all, he's not starting. You're setting the bar low for him just so he can clear it. So you're, yes. like, you're using your yes. Viking fandom to your effect. Yes. To, to your experience. Okay. And then I go, oh, I was wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just don't think he's going to get enough playing time to score regularly. So Okay. All right. There you go. Write that down. We'll call it a boot and Lottie hate. That's, that's No, we'll that's not what it is. That's how we end the show, folks. Oh, all right. Man. I don't have hate in my heart. Write this down for my final write this down this week. Dan, Minnesota United, after two years away from it, are finally back in the U.S. Open Cup. The last time they played a match in the U.S. Open Cup, do you remember where it was? It was down in Atlanta for the final. That's right. It has been that long That's since right. this tournament has taken place. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was, was a different long back time then. ago. I forgot it even happened. Sheesh. I still had a full-time job back then. <laughs> oh, there comes the hate. Talk about me. Now we're no, seeing Jonathan's no hate. hate. There's no hate. I promise there's no hate. It's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, so. Minnesota United will go on another run this year in the U.S. Open Cup. They will get to at least the semifinals this year in the U.S. Open Cup. You think so? They may go further, but they will go at least to the semifinals. Write that down, Dan. So I think they've got a team that could do well in the tournament play. I mean, well, you've got you guys who was... can pop up for a game. You, you've got depth where you can kind of work your way through these early rounds against these teams in other leagues that you can get through these early rounds with some of your, your bench or your depth guys who are worthy of getting minutes. So I think they can go far. Well, if you look at the lineup they could put out for some of these matches. Okay, first of all, you got Tyler Miller in goal. Yes. Right, not a bad goalkeeper to be not a bad goalkeeper to go against uh, forward Madison. You yeah. got defensive players that aren't starting or playing. If uh, Fisher is healthy and Coleman, yeah, Fisher, Coleman. Uh, I don't know who you would Taylor, be. DJ and, Taylor, uh, Chase Gasper's back, so you can play him. At yeah, so back. get him in shape. That's a pretty good defense for a second team. You get a midfield uh, and Sonny Dotson and Joseph Rosales or Jacory Rosales or Jacory Hayes or what? what uh, who am I forgetting about in the midfield? Nico, Nico Hansen. Nico's in the attacking front. Yeah, so he'd be in the yeah. front. So, so then you got Nico Hansen and you Nico, got Bongi, Abu, Unu, Rosales, Abu. You've got Dunlady. You've got uh, yeah. Adrian Anu. If you want to play him, I, I just say I agree with you that 
when you look at who's not playing regularly right now, uh, it could be a pretty it could be a pretty good lineup. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch them on yeah. Wednesday on ESPN Plus. That'll be a fun one to watch. On the plus. On the plus. Should be yeah. a fun one. That game, I don't know the kickoff time for that one. Give me a second here. That one's at 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN Plus against cross-border rivals Ford Madison in the Carl Craig Cup. Carl Craig, the former manager of both of these squads at one point or another in different various leagues. So those who know uh, are calling it the Carl Craig, Craig Cup. Uh, and then Saturday at Allianz Field, Saturday, Minnesota United Saturday, hosts Saturday. the best defense, the worst offense in the league in the Chicago Fire. 3.30 p.m. pre-match, 4 p.m. kickoff with Callum Williams, special unknown guest at this point, and myself on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. Be sure to join us then. Dan, I will talk to you next Monday night right back here on Loon Talk. Yep, we'll do it again. Hopefully we're talking about a nice uh, win over Chicago and this uh, train is rolling down the tracks. Should be a fun one, Dan. You have a good yes. weekend yourself. Enjoy the match. See ya. Yep, we'll have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you Saturday and then right back here on Hi, this is Daniel Roo of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.